Hello, and welcome to The Future of Tax, the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. Today, we're joined by Luke Helderman, Global Tax Lead, KPMG ESG, KPMG International, and partner KPMG Myberg & Co. in the Netherlands, and Richard Lynn, partner, Carbon Management and EU Green Deal, lead partner of KPMG Carbon Services Limited at KPMG China, vice chair, Carbon Market Working Group at European Chamber of Commerce in China. On today's podcast, we're going to explore ways the tax function can help organisations navigate a complex landscape of environmental taxes and initiatives to tackle climate change around the world. Luke and Richard, thank you both for joining me today. Glad to be joining today. Really, really great to be here in this Future of Tax podcast. Over 40% of climate-dedicated policy measures and regulations were introduced in the last five years. 13% were adopted in 2021 alone, reflecting the accelerating pace of climate policymaking. With the fast-paced changing landscape of environmental regulations, could you walk us through some of the latest green tax measures? Luke, could I come to you first? I would say many countries initiate uh, regulations around environmental taxes. Just to give you a few examples, we have the EU Green Deal also where quite recently with the introduction of the carbon border adjustment mechanism with an update and, and the linkage to the emissions trading system, which already existed within Europe for a number of years. But now with the carbon border adjustment mechanism, it has been uh, amended. Introductions in the EU of plastics taxes. We see the Industrial Act uh, as an answer to another development, in this case in the US, uh, with the uh, US Inflation Reduction Act. But the US is really focusing on incentivizing certain investments into, let's say, the the ESG climate change uh, behavior of taxpayers. Not all those regulations are direct green taxes, but they do have a tax angle and an impact on a company's tax strategies. And and that is, I think, very important to emphasize that companies need to consider how to embed this into their policies, into their strategies, into their processes. Richard, your views? Thank you, Luke. Probably I start from some recent developments in the EU, despite being hit hard by by the energy crisis, the EU has kept up with its climate ambitions in the past year. In December 2022, the European Parliament and the European Council reached a provisional agreement on a major reform of the EU ETS, setting a more ambitious carbon reduction target of 62% by 2030. They have also set out a phase-out plan of free allocations for some industries accompanied by phasing of the carbon border adjustment mechanism from 2026. They will also introduce the so-called ETS-2, which is a new and separate ETS for buildings and road transportation. Apparently, the EU has recognized that uh, the market-based instrument are one of the most cost-effective policy tools for addressing climate change, Uh, Given climate change requires collective action on a global scale, the EU has been trying to implement this methodology not just in the EU but across the globe. One of the biggest examples, as Luke just just mentioned, must be the EUCBAM. The EUCBAM is very controversial, and yet it also suggests the megatrend ahead of us. 
Thanks, Richard. Although the climate policy and environmental landscape is rapidly changing globally, the pace differs within regions and countries. Additionally, these developments do not stop at the border. Policies such as carbon border adjustments and green industrial plans are having potentially significant impacts on client supply chains and partnering strategies. What challenges are organisations facing and are any of them turning these challenges into opportunities? Richard, can I come to you first? Companies do understand the financial impact, but it is important also to understand that as a market-based instrument, the carbon price pay can also be an advantage in a single market. The essence is whether you pay more or less carbon taxes than your competitors. More and more companies in China know they should take actions to reduce carbon emissions so as to mitigate the future carbon tax risk, and yet many of them do not know how to do so. Actually, for carbon pricing, the most important concept is one ton must be one ton. Therefore, the cornerstone for any carbon pricing mechanism is the mechanism called MRV, Monitoring, Reporting and Verification. Many companies do not have mature MRV management processes within the organization. Carbon management and carbon emission reduction is a long way to go for business in developing countries. And Luke, would you add anything? Organizational responses to climate change are being driven by, in my view, a combination of pressures. Here we have basically the pressure from investors, uh, from governments in terms of regulatory developments, um, employees, civil society at large, customers, supply chain uh, pressures. So many pressures impact, let's say, the way companies and organizations need to respond. Decarbonization requires significant business transformation and capital expenditure, which has important tax and legal consequences. Also, let's say the impact on a company's supply chain, the impact on the way a company is being financed, the way investments are being financed, specifically around decarbonization. And taxes that are used as a policy lever to drive decarbonization may have complex impacts on companies that need to be considered and assessed within the companies. It is important to bear in mind, though, that decarbonization strategies may be influenced by tax and legal factors, such as carbon taxes or environmental incentives applicable in certain regions. And tax treaties between different jurisdictions may impact such decisions and developments. Outcome of of tax risk assessments companies are making. So many, many important factors that have an impact on those strategies. An increased demand from consumers for sustainably developed products and goods and services and the laws and measures being proposed under the, for instance, European Green Deal will only make this demand stronger. And for companies to provide sustainably produced goods and services, they need to re-evaluate their entire supply chain and maybe make changes in the supply chain. We are now seeing European companies with sustainability commitments are looking for ways to form supply chain partnerships with the aim of improving environmental practices and environmental, let's say, uh, footprints they may have. Smart businesses and smart business strategy address or implement challenges that will meet the government's requirements as well. So it is, to some extent, a target from the company as well as for the governments. 
So compliance with all the regulations can be a challenge and mechanisms have to be put in place to assist with this. Businesses are clearly investing in more sustainable operations and consumers are also demanding more sustainably produced products as companies invest in greener processes, which sometimes also extends to looking at the supply chain. How should companies look at the role of tax as they develop their sustainable business strategies and invest in their operations? Luke, what do you think? Well, in the cases of um, multinational companies, so companies that operate in, in a multiple jurisdictions, the tax function should have a global overview of the taxes that are being paid in each country. This would drive investment decisions regarding green operations. So the tax function is really in support to the business operators that need to make those investments and decisions. As an example, Europe has been using taxes as a means to drive decarbonization, whereas the US, which with its new introduction of the Inflation Reduction Act, the US is using tax credits to achieve um, a similar objective, so credits to incentivize certain investments. Businesses who are looking to set up new manufacturing facilities, for instance, may, as a consequence of that, look to the taxes imposed or incentives in order to identify and determine in which country or region the facility should be located. And we have seen already quite a few examples of this. And of course, the landscape isn't static. It's evolving all time. So the tax function should monitor these changes. And in addition to the Inflation Reduction Act as well as the EU Green Deal, it's important to highlight the EU Green Deal Industrial Plan, eh, which to some extent is an answer to the Inflation Reduction Act, also to give governments in the EU the opportunity to incentivize certain behavior and making certain investments. So it's a very complex landscape and a big challenge for companies to operate within. Thanks, Luke. For businesses wondering how to plan their next steps, can you give some words of advice? Richard, do you want to start? Actually, in addition to the EU ETS, the EU CBAM we just mentioned, actually the EU uh, have been working on other type of compliance policies from sustainability perspective. Another example is actually the battery regulation. There, there will be increasing compliance requirements on, on batteries uh, where management and reporting of the life cycle environmental footprint is required for the batteries. The second point I would like to mention is that it is time for enterprises to really take concrete actions in building a greener and sustainable business, sustainable supply chain. And the third one, the very last point from me would be that it is also time for tax professionals to be part of the company's sustainability journey. And Luke, do you have any thoughts? Richard, I very much agree to um, your points and in particular also the, the last point. I think tax functions, legal functions should have a policy on this, right? And this policy should be embedded in the overall sustainability goal the company has. It is also important for that matter that within the company, it is known who takes responsibility for the various regulatory uh, implications for the company. We have several examples where tax might not be in the lead, but they need to be in control in the end to understand what is impacting also their tax policy. 
to tracking and monitoring environmental taxes, especially for multinational organizations, is, is very, very important because these will have a major impact on their supply chain. Evaluating the overall impact that various global legislative packages and green taxes will have on the business activity is important, which may not be limited to internal operations, but may require impact assessments in relation to sourcing and supply chains. Horizon scanning is the terminology we use usually for these type of uh, approaches. So basically have an overall policy and understanding which implications or regulations will have on the investments and objectives of a company. So application of regulations to businesses, the implication of business models and the full supply chain of the company. Mapping the regulations to process flows, including and identifying whether there are established processes and data feeds that meet new compliance and regulatory requirements. And I'm referring to data feeds. I think it is important in the context of supply chain strategies and tech strategies to also have a good handle on, let's say, the data that is relevant for all those regulations. So many, many challenges for the, the various functions within a multinational organization. Thanks, Luke. That's great. And on behalf of our listeners, I'd like to thank both you and Richard for joining me on the podcast today. That's all we have time for, but please join us again next time and also email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. We'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening.